0: Hey there, folks! Zach Rich is here with episode 9 of Ophelia Talks. This one's a little bit of a madcap one, so I think we're going to get right to it. My guest this week is my longtime friend and collaborator, Sean Smith. He'll be playing Mick in our upcoming production of Lysistrata Jones. As always, our theme song is... Welcome to Enjoy by Fiend and Green. You can check them out at fiendandgreen.bandcamp.com. And we'll have a lot more information on Lissa Strada Jones, including some fundraisers, some opportunities to get yourself some tickets, all that good juicy stuff. Keep it to OpheliaTheatre.org for information like that. This episode is wacky more than anything else, Uh, uh, but it's really, really fun. I hope you enjoy yourself. I hope you enjoy your week. Come back next week, I'll have another brand new episode for you. Enjoy.
1: of the matter the unmitigated gall that's a line from the Grinch the the Jim Carrey Grinch mhm not to I be confused with the upcoming Benedict Cumbersnatch Grinch wait there's
0: a they're making
1: another they're Grinch. making an animated one to fit in the Seussiverse a Seussiverse I mean like a cinematic universe of Dr. Seuss stories I assume that that's what's happening I, it looks more along the lines of of Horton hears a who right and, and, and the thorax... <laughs> that's not, that's 90, not how you pronounce 96% that. 96% <laughs> sure that Danny DeVito starred as Wait, the thorax. Wait, is, is it
0: Danny DeVito as the lorax as Thor? Danny DeVito as a thorax <laughs> because he's kind of shaped as a whole.
1: That's like really he, mean as a whole to as Danny, Danny DeVito.
0: <laughs> that's very bad of you to say. There's a tear in Danny's eye right now. I can see it from here.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't have a long way to go to hit the ground, so it's okay.
0: <laughs> this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is all going in. Um,
0: <laughs> this is how we start. Uh, I don't social know, justice. I don't know you. <laughs> Let's pretend I don't know you for a second. Okay. What are you doing in my house?
1: Um, I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking lukewarm coffee. Looking at a still wrapped, still wrapped DVD copy of *The Worst Witch*, which I I don't understand why it's still in the cellophane wrapping. Because I just got it. Because a friend of mine sent it to me uh,
0: after I posted a very sad Facebook message. He was like, "Hey, give me your deets." By deets, I mean location, and by yeah, location, right. I mean address. He sent me that. He sent me a copy of an NES game called *Anticipation*. Which is, it was done by the company Rare, and it's not notable at all except for its box art, in which there's just this guy who looks very excited to be there, and he's wearing a. Well, have you play, have this?
1: Have you played the game yet?
0: No, I haven't played it yet. It's 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 on my list. i maybe that's what we'll do. Are you anticipating? <laughs> I'm anticipating. There we go. Anticipation. I was getting, I don't want to know anything
1: more about the game. <laughs> Except that you are anticipating, uh,
0: and the other the future fun player. part is he sent me a cookbook called "Cooking with Coolio," in which most of the recipes are written, yes, indeed,
1: in ebonics. Social justice is the name of the game today, all over the place, all over. The <laughs> so, if it wasn't already
0: evident by the fact that we've spent the last three minutes riffing on. <laughs> Whatever. On the, on the Lorax. The Thorax. Uh,
1: <laughs> written and directed <laughs> by Shane Black. No! Featuring Christmas as a character. <laughs> Chris, is that the hooker's thing more? I mean,
0: odds is are... That, is Christmas the Lorax's body? You keep the saying thorax, Lorax. The I have cut that because, character out of the film. Oh, God. I'm mm. lost in the lore that
1: we've built. yes. The lore of the thorax. God damn it! Featuring, I don't have anything else at the moment. I've, 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 I've mined this, this thing to uh, this, this. We're we're out of ore here. Yes, we are. Let's tap into another vein. Let's because um, I need to build longest road. Who are you? My name is Sean W. Smith. What's the W stand for? William. Wilhelm. No, it's I was, William. I was setting you up to say
0: winner. What? Well, damn it. Yeah. Let me give you that one one more time. Okay. What does the W stand for? William. No! (laughs) One more time, one more time. Set
1: it up one last time.
0: What does the W stand
1: for? Wiener. As in the winning politician who sent his wiener. I don't think he's much of a winner anymore. No, probably not. He's a bit more of a wiener. Do you think that he was born and like they were just like you're gonna send a picture of your Johnson? <laughs> and yes, we see the irony of calling it kinda, a Johnson when, when when your name is
0: Wiener. When when God was shopping for parts to build his Anthony Wiener, he thought to himself, "All right, mm-hmm. name. Well, let's not be ironic with this one." <laughs> kind of on the nose my name is who am i doing right now who's god in I this, think, in this i think
1: film? god is the du- is, is wilford brimley yeah just <laughs> so about man.
0: my name is god my pancreas doesn't work anymore
1: now here's the thing it's 2018 does anybody remember wilford brimley or did we just do a deep enough cut i think somebody remembers somebody wilford well we do we do i think someone out there we're does. so off target here my name is Sean W. Smith. I will be playing Mick in the upcoming production of Lysistrata jones and we're here to talk about social justice. Did you hear that? Like, the train just <laughs> got back on the tracks. Choo-choo! We're gonna go back off. Off Don't we worry. go. This is gonna be an open world exploration, much like <laughs> the Spider-Man 2 game for PlayStation 2. Yeah. Um, So we're old friends.
0: Yes. Is what I've been trying to say this entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to college together. College. At... Where was the university at? Buffalo. 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 Uh, which is where you're from. Mm-hmm. And you've had a heck of a year already. Oh, you yeah. You just got
1: back from New Mexico doing First Date. Yes, I did. That's where you Play, were. Playing the, the, the plucky Jewish protagonist, Aaron. Just face yourself a little closer. To okay, one. yes. There also, protagonist is an interesting word for a show like First Date, which is written by three straight white men. Mm-hmm. And it's very evident. <laughs> In the writing of the show that was written by three straight white men. Yeah. No, it's a very cute show, but it is clearly lacking any sort of uh, female voice. Welcome to the Poopin' on First Date Corner. Well, I think it's an it's a very pro- proper, appropriate segue into what show we're about to do. Yeah. Which has a hugely strong female voice. So I spend the entire time doing this last contract thinking about that while I'm sitting there saying lines that I definitely don't fundamentally agree with. <laughs> but that's not my job. Indeed. That's a, this is a Mark Hamill moment right there. And Liz Estrada, it's, it's really exciting,
0: even for a couple of straight white men like us, we're going into this show that's very heavily into the idea of feminist values, female equality. Our production oh, no. team, with the exception of myself, is all
1: female. Which some might venture to say the production team's all female.
0: That's nice of you to say... <laughs> I'm going to ask you to leave in about 20 minutes and never come back. Sean is no longer my friend. My new friend is... The worst witch. This
1: Tim Curry in The Worst Witch. Yes, no, this... it's. I'm, I'm extremely excited to get working on Leslie Strata Jones. It is so much fun to listen to. But also, the writing is so witty and clever. And does keep that, that very strong female voice first, which is in even in shows that are female driven, like Wicked or, or uh, I'm trying to think of any other example, because Broadway is typically not female driven. Mm-hmm. It's just sadly not. You can tell that there's not as much of a female voice in the actual writing. It Yeah,
0: it's exciting. Uh, I think I think Douglas's libretto to this one is just Really, really strong. When when Chloe and I were talking, and you'll hear this episode, we're recording this episode before the Chloe episode goes up because I'm away on vacation. But you'll hear this in the episode. We talked a lot about how uh, Lissa Estrada approaches the world with just this overwhelmingly positive bent, and on the other side is Mick, who's here to
1: partay. I mean,
0: uh, I ask you this question, knowing <laughs> full well how you were in college, but how much of Mick is in Sean Smith? Before we even get started.
1: And currently, not as much as it used to be. But you're, I, you're a big you, adult boy these you, days. I, I You know, I'm, I put on my adult pants like everybody else. I put on my pant my, my Depends, if you will. <laughs> my, uh, well, because we all still need a little bit of help. Yeah, keep, to get it, for the day. Keeping it clean. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, yes, yes. Uh, Mr. Rich here definitely knows my sordid sorted past. And Mick and I... Probably fist bumped at a party at some point yeah. in the past. Did a did a sick kegger. Yeah, like we were probably ween our cousins. <laughs> would you consider yourself one of the cool kids in college? Yes. I yeah. Pro- I, yeah, in retrospect I, I would have to say yes.
0: I, I don't know if I ever told you the story. I was I was just walking around uh, the commons at UB, which is where like there was a Burger Cane and stuff like that in that area. And I was trying to get people together to do this thing called a 24 hour play festival. And somebody turned to me and said, Well, it'd be really cool. I don't think you should be the one in charge of it. And I said, Why? And it's like, Well, when you're trying to get people into a room, you want like the most affable person in the room. You want somebody that's going to drag everyone out there. You're no Sean Smith. And I said, Pardon?
1: Who possibly said this to you? Marley Mandelaro! <laughs> Marley Mandelaro! Oh! God Marley if you're listening I remember I remember everything I love her so much that girl now she is a great voice she is in the in the in the line of female empowerment she's doing good stuff she always has been yes and always has been way smarter than anybody else in the room but that's neither here nor there mm-hmm. let's talk a bit about what you've done since college okay are we, gonna, are we going backwards? Is this going to be a Benjamin Button story? Yeah. Where we start from where we're at now and work in reverse? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's age you down as we go. Okay. Uh, what's some yes. of the stuff you've done around the great city of New York? Around the great city of New York. Uh, a lot of good things up, at, up in the White Plains. Mm-hmm. I've worked very closely with that theater to do Tarzan, Sister Act, Dogfight, Heather's. And then in kind of a tangential, I, I hope that's the correct word. I'm not going to fact check myself. With the same group, I did Carry the Musical in uh, Westchester at the Sandbox Theater in Mimaranac. And then I also did Wizard of Oz and All Shook Up in Yorktown. So those would have been the greater New York things. In the New York City area, I've actually... I feel like a terrible friend because I think the only
0: thing out of all those things you just listed off was All, Chicago, all Shook Up. Up. Yeah, 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 Which granted was like the good
1: one. It was a lot... Of, well, there, there were... It was my good one. It was your it good was one. It was my leads. <laughs> it was the good one. I are, was the you lead. You are burning bridges left and <laughs> right on this podcast.
0: I didn't say I want you to understand. <laughs>
1: somebody will listen to this and you will lose a friend. You said it was the good one. Uh, you didn't even see yeah. any of the production value of the White Plains ones. We had Tarzan where there were monkeys. Actual monkeys? No, it was just me in, in a frilly cloth suit. Okay, you <laughs> set me up for that. I got very excited. <laughs> You're gonna lose me as a friend before this is over. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. That's not. We've we've said way worse. Most recently, though, outside of the New York area, was on a boat in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. reliving a lot of people's 1980s dreams, <laughs> pretending to be a member of the all the greatest movies that John Hughes and some other directors ever ever produced. In for the record, the Brat Pack, which. Hopefully, one of these days, For the record's going to have a more presence in the New York City area. They're a big L.A. company that does a lot of fun movie mashup musicals, in a way. Mm-hmm. They will... Most of them are just pure mashups. It's like taking scenes in the songs from the same soundtracks of movies of various uh, directors. They'll have themed shows. They had a Tarantino show. They had a Scorsese show. Which, hopefully, that one comes to New York. Shameless plug, hopefully. Um, <laughs> now you're building the bridges. I'm, I'm. Well, you know, Jesus had a hammer. <laughs> no, Peter, Paul, and Mary had a hammer. I don't... No, Peter, Paul, and Mary wanted a hammer. This whole thing is lost on me now. Peter, Paul, and Mary, I'm not I'm not there. If I had a hammer, I would hammer... Oh, That's a band, right? The, Peter, Paul, and Mary was, was a music trio. Right. And they had a song called If I Had a Hammer. Okay. And... And let's, let's be very clear here. Yeah. My knowledge of the song comes specifically from the Ellen DeGeneres stand-up comedy special from the early 2000s, in which case she disagreed with the song about how many things you might do if you had a hammer. I'll have to watch the bit. Sure. <laughs> or I won't. I don't have to do anything anymore. You can do whatever you put your mind to. I really can. What were we talking about? The reading rainbow. Nope. Nope.
0: Can't cancel the rights on that. Can't I call up Lavar and say, hey, can I use your song on my show?
1: I only need five notes, you're fine. You're right. We you need two more before it's out. <laughs> right? Before like we get a takedown notice from the LeVar Burton estate. And because this isn't film, I think it's very appropriate to tell the the, the, the listeners out there that I had a count up on my fingers. You did. <laughs> you had he had to like use his toes for a second too. Well, that's only because I lost the pinky in that smelting accident. <laughs> This is unlistenable. This is the last episode. You're going to
0: have to edit so much on this. I'm either going to edit all this out, or I'm going to get frustrated and say, whatever. Give it all. Uh, you had, going back to your boat time, yes. you had a very interesting brush with, I won't say death, but certainly a natural disaster.
1: A brush is a very appropriate word, but I never saw the t- the hurricane. Sure, but you were like right there. Yes. Uh, I am, I, Hurricane Irma hit, and... My experience with it was more of like an extended vacation. Mm -hmm. But I did get to see... I don't want to say get to see. That seems like a privileged way of putting it. (laughs) I did, uh, unfortunately, see some of the destruction a little bit more firsthand after it had hit. Yeah. Which was jarring only because I started on the ship on May 20th. And we did two routes. An eastern and a western Caribbean run. In the eastern run, we would do St. Thomas... Tortola, and the Bahamas. Nassau, specifically. The Bahamas didn't get touched. St. Thomas got pretty much demolished. Tortola barely even exists anymore. And we also, throughout the run of our cruise, got to stop in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And we all know, well, hopefully, if you read the news at all, are familiar with what happened over there. That yeah. Their infrastructure was already crumbling, and then to have that disaster come and hit, and then have... Um, various American leaders having the responses that they did to the not gonna get too political here but it I it was the first time that I started realizing that any kind of money that I had that I didn't need I could start giving and that was for for a little while there was my my push I was always trying to push uh hurricane relief donations over there and I still do they still need help there's a lot of rebuilding that's not happening in San Juan, Puerto Rico, so donate your money. That's really wonderful. Go to AmericanRedCross.com. They'll they'll allocate it for you, because they're smarter and they get paid to do that. That's true. <laughs> um, that. No, we had a great time. <laughs> I mean, hurricane ruined a lot of lives, but I had a great week and a half, is is the joke. We we waited it out in Cozumel, Mexico. That's what we did. We, we stopped in... Miami got the people who needed to get off the boat off the boat picked up more passengers and said come on we're gonna go be safe in the Mexican sun it's very cool seeing just how
0: impromptu your entire ship's crew was uh handling that situation both for the passengers for people in the area yeah Yeah, you when you were you were you were calling me uh pretty often throughout that entire process just checking in to make sure that you were safe and everything and like it sounds like you were all making the best of a really terrible situation mm-hmm. uh, and that's respectable
1: yeah what was nice too is the crew obviously we're, were we live on the ship so they could take us wherever they want and no one's that bothered the guests we were all terrified on Wednesday morning when we found out that they had to end the current cruise a couple days early and then and then pick up random passengers who just had nowhere to go sure and then couldn't tell these people who were on the ship with us when they were coming home because all of the flights had been canceled out of Florida. Um, the only way you were allowed off the ship as a guest was if you lived in Florida and can get back to your home cause you needed to board it up or you have family, something like that. But if you couldn't get out of Florida, they weren't letting you off the ship out of safety concerns. We thought the guests were going to riot. We were like, you're telling us that you're stranding these <laughs> You may not leave your vacation. On the boat, right? In a weird, in, in a weird way. And, uh, no, everybody was very, um, grateful the whole time. I'm sure there were people who were frustrated, and most of the frustration probably came out on the day that it was announced, but once that was over with, once the initial, like, oh my god, I I don't know when I'm going home (laughs) happened, everybody seemed on board. They were just like, okay, we're doing this. We're going to go somewhere else that we weren't planning on going. We're going to be safe. We're going to stick together, and we'll be back when we're back, and they were on the ship with us until the following Wednesday. Um, When they were supposed to disembark on Saturday. Saturday. Or Saturday. Saturday. If, if somebody told me, hey, you get 50% more vacation, right? I'd be like, oh no. Yes, but you also don't have a 9 to 5 uh, salary job at a at an office. You mean I can't eat another cheeseburger in paradise and listen to my Jimmy Buffett vinyls? Aw, uh, oh, man. Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, deck 16, poolside. There was actually a Margaritaville on the boat. On the boat. There yes. was an actual Margaritaville on the boat. There's a Margaritaville in my
0: hometown's mall now. Uh, Because they have that huge expansion and everything. And there's a clock there that always, I I, I think there might be like some lyric in a Jimmy Buffett song about island time or whatever, but like every time the clock just like tinks a little bit, it goes right back. But it's a very loud clock. And I was having a beer with my dad in a restaurant that was across from waiting from it and I could still hear it and I just looked over at this empty Margaritaville at this poor bartender standing beneath this clock that never changes making this thing think, think like every two minutes. What
1: time is the clock set to?
0: I think it's always set to I can't remember if uh, I, if for it, the sake of my own sanity, five standing, o'clock? It might be five o'clock.
1: Is that a Buffett song? 5 o'clock somewhere? It's
0: always 5 o'clock somewhere? That might be a, a, I a know James that... Buffett tune.
1: I Jiminy to... Buffett. <laughs> I really had to th- you just You stole James Buffett and I didn't know what else to... Jim is too easy. <laughs> Jim Bob Buffett. J- J- Jiminy Boy Buffett. I... Wait. I thought that that was an Alan Jackson... You know what? No, I'm not going to continue the statement because then it will actually show that I've listened to country music on my own free will, but I was under the impression that 5 o'clock summer is Alan Jackson and somebody else maybe it is Jimmy Buffett maybe it's maybe, maybe it's, it's Jimmy you know what and it's the live version that I'm familiar with. We'll, we'll have to call him <laughs> We will have to call up
0: Jim Bob Buffett. you just made a very desperate reach for the coffee pot <laughs> It was way further away than I had anticipated. How much coffee did I make? Oh my gosh well that's a lo- that's a load loaded joke. my,
1: my uh, this is the half so I had two and a half cups then
0: How's your uh, ball skills? How's your basketball? How's your double dribble? How's your shoot points? (laughs) Okay, all
1: right. Can you can you nail those threes? Really did not see that basketball was where you were going (laughs) with the first question. Oh, thought we were back in college and I was fist bumping Mick. Uh, My basketball skills. Have you ever ever gone or in practicality? Let's, say, let's get your stats down. Let's just say that 90% of the figure. rehearsal process for this show will be me making sure I can make a basket for the end of the show. You know that we're having like a basketball clinic. Perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. In the IMDb we're trivia page, you can put down all boys in show attended basketball clinic and make it seem like it was something bigger than it was. Yeah, before.
0: yeah. Well, I, 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 I think the goal is to have it on your special
1: skills. Ken Ballwell. Ken with a... With a K? Like the name Ken Ball? <laughs> Ken Ballwell? Ken, ball Ken ball well? Ball well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But like, yeah, Ballwell's ball the last name. Can Jam Ballwell. Can Jam. Yeah. Now, if somebody wants to make a musical based around Can Jam. Based on fun time. I don't need any clinics. <laughs> I will slot that every time. I'm going home to Syracuse
0: this week, and I believe my can jam is still there. And if I bring it back with me, I know what we're doing every
1: day. Well, you're gonna have to summer. leave it at rehearsal. Oh, that too. I was gonna say bring it to the rehearsal, and then we'll show up 15 minutes. Yeah, Billy will be very, very happy. happy that we're gonna be sly. I mean,
0: that's how to capture the college life. Actually, you know what? That's how to capture the college lifestyle. We have to behave like frat bros before every single
1: rehearsal. I want to support this idea, but this is my first show with the company. Oh, and I will be Your last? before I, I don't want, want it. it to be my last. Um, my basketball skills are, 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 uh, they leave something to be desired. Sure. At the given moment. But I think, theoretically, in my head, I've imagined myself being good at basketball. So I'm going to put that into the universe and it's just going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm playing some NBA Jam and it's going to be just fine. But I'm only playing the Sega Genesis version. I have the... The Street Jams. St- what, NBA Street Jams? is that is the game? Was Sega that on Ge- the Genesis? I believe that's when I played it. I could be confusing it. With my Space Jam Sega Genesis game, (laughs) which had great mini-games, by the way. Was the Space Jam Sega
0: Genesis game a side-scroller like any other movie licensed game, or was it an actual, like, basketball game?
1: It was a basketball game that you you played played, as the Looney Tunes or the Monstars. That's so weird. Honestly. It was an NBA Jam clone. I think it was, yeah. With, with, uh, dumbed-down mechanics so that you always win. That's fascinating. Which is kind of weirdly um, cognizant of the movie from the Monstars' perspective. That if jo- if if I almost called him Jordan Michaels. Jordan Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> <if> Jordan, <laughs> famous just, b-baller Jillian Jordan. Jillian Michaels is from The Biggest Loser. Oh, I'm so <laughs> lost. No, and what in the movie? If he lost the game, he was goes to the Monstar planet, and he always has to lose. Right. And I'm pretty sure that the, the, the mechanics of the video game was that you always had to win. So, so I the monsters always lost. So what I want for my Space Jam sequel is we're going to go the route of Jumanji 2, Welcome to the Jungle. Um, <laughs> he had to emphasize the 2. Boy. I know, it's not filmed, but I, I you know, welcome, and then the, the number 2, The Jungle. I want it to go that route where this time the sequel is actually about the video game based on the first movie... I got nothing. Or
0: is the video game already the sequel? Where there was like an unwritten rule in the clause that said, Sure, if you win, then we have to be bad forever. But if we win, you gotta be bad forever. In the video game. In the video game. The
1: video game might already be the sequel. So in the trilogy of this, do we mash the two? I don't think the studios greenlit a third (laughs) installment yet. I'm pretty sure that when they greenlit the commercial that the whole franchise is based off of... (laughs) It was at least a ten seventeen film deal. deal. God. <laughs> <laughs> this is unlistenable. <laughs> this, it, yes, it is. Continue. Let's go this back is a to theater podcast. Li- and this is why I have a hard time getting jobs <laughs> in traditional musical theater, and Damn instead man. made most of my money through an entire show built around movies. <laughs> I had a list of questions and I crumpled them up and threw them away. Yes. Um. Lissa <laughs> Strata Jones at the Ophelia Theater. <laughs> in Astoria, of queens at the boys and girls club directed by billy aiken tears tires tires so close two out of three ain't bad tires okay if she's going to listen to this eventually so and really, like, right. I should... every decision well, that, she's ever made that too except for this little anecdote story she did something in the callback that brought me back to my favorite college class with with america's sweetheart stephen mckinley henderson love that boy um, who you will most notably know from the movie Lady Bird, currently. Uh, you
0: haven't it, seen it yet, I right? Seen it yet. He says in the movie, I think I told you this last night, but he says that, like, his catchphrase. Like, then he says every single class to every single actor he's ever worked with, don't make it right, make it true. Amen. He said it in the movie, and I literally grabbed my friend's arm and said, he's speaking to me! <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Hello, Mr. Truck. Wow. Can't edit that out in post. <laughs> nope. Um, he also m- mostly known from uh, Tower Heist, directed by notable sex offender Brett Ratner, he would do this thing, so he gave me a couple scenes from a from a great play called The Sign of Sydney Bruce Dean's Window by Lorraine Hansburg. Yes. I'm amazed that I remembered both the title and <laughs> and, the and, and the author. Yeah. But he gave me a couple scenes from that and the first day he had me do a monologue for the, monologue from that play. The group before me had their faux set set up with mats and chairs from the rehearsal studio space. And he says, go on that, do the monologue. And then, so I stand up, I start looking around the room, trying to like gauge my set. And he's like, no, don't look at it, just use it. Just get up there, use the set, and make it a part of your world. And so, just like, I think I was probably hungover. But I went for For the it. callback? No, this was for or oh, for class, Steve's class. Back, Steve's okay. class way back when. So I went for it, full out. And he jumped out of his chair in his, in his tracksuit, because he always wore the same <laughs> yeah, sweatpants yeah. tracksuit, jumped out of his chair of excitement, got up. I thought he was going to do the scene with me at that point. <laughs> the reason I tell that story, he got up so excited, he never gets out of his chair unless he's really ready to that. Do, this some, I know, yes. do some quote-unquote acting <laughs> during the callback. Billy did the same thing. She left. She out, of left out of her seat. She leapt yeah. out of her seat to get up so that her and I could start vibing. And then, like, I think we started, did, like, kind of, like, a, a wrestling kind of standoff for a moment. But you a, you both kind of way. started
0: circling each other. <laughs> and I was just waiting to see which one of you would grapple first.
1: <laughs> it, will, it will always be her.
0: I feel like 95% of my job <clears throat> as her assistant director for this project is going to be, like, fastening her seatbelt during the rehearsal process. You get one
1: of those, uh, those, those, uh, Get her, like, a little leash- Booster seat. Oh. oh. I was thinking about the leash that they put on kids these Those days.
0: Those things make me really mad. For the kid or for dogs? For the for the kid.
1: Why? I don't know. It just seems inhumane, I guess. For the sake of this being a publicly broadcasted <laughs> podcast, I'm not going to continue my thoughts. I'm wondering not <laughs> children should be leashed <laughs> up. <laughs> or even caged, for that matter. Welcome to episode nine of Ophelia Talks, where Sean burns every bridge he's ever had. <laughs> Not every bridge. I have a couple friends who also don't feel comfortable around children. <laughs> <laughs> children are wonderful. Gosh, things. I want to tell so many stories right now
0: that I just won't because they're not suitable for a public
1: audience. For the you, correct, correct, correct. <laughs> Moving but. forward. So we're yes, I'm very excited to get working with Billy on this, and it's gonna be fun playing Mick. Um, would you classify Mick as a villain? I. I don't think this is a show that has a
0: villain. He would be the antagonist, He's very antagonistic to Les Estrada because a lot of his wants and desires run parallel to hers. But I think this is more of like a Winnie the Pooh kind of no antagonist story where nobody specifically has any villainous wants or needs and everyone's living
1: for their own selves. To be honest, I don't remember the episode of Winnie the Pooh... Where where Kango was trying to withhold sex from the that's gang. definitely
0: not where I was going with that. Mm, okay. When you list, except for the 2011 Winnie the Pooh movie, there's never really an antagonist in a Winnie the Pooh story. Okay, you know? I
1: understand what you're saying. Um,
0: <clears throat> let me let that, me talk that, about the lore of the Pooh universe for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So so we so so Mick is the antagonist in the sense that if you have to classify somebody in this piece as an antagonist, yeah, it would be him. I I
0: think he is yes okay sure. Yes. If you want to approach it from that yeah. angle, if we're if we're using Lizzie as the protagonist, period, yes, Mick would probably be the closest thing to
1: an antagonist. Right, right, right. Over this story, I'm excited to to go back and exploring the. Kind of, you have to. These police sirens! This whole thing's unlistenable! Sorry, you were saying. I don't know, I think it's the sounds of New York. Some people romanticize this.
0: Yeah. We're actually in trouble right now. There's a gentleman with a gun right behind you. They're coming for us. Can you work with me? Can you play with me? I'm I'm trying to yes and, and I I didn't have any. It's easy you say yes.
1: Help, help! Yes. See? This is Improv 101. Yes, and. Yes! Yes, yes and. Um, <clears throat> I got, my my brain was now actually trying to talk about the show. So now we're, we. Re- I know. You know how I'm I am. being terrible now. If, if I'm focused, I can't go off on tangents. You're right. If I'm off on tangents, I forgot why we were here. You were saying. <laughs> so I'm excited to get back into having to play a, not exactly likable character mm. and find the ways to make him. I mean, he, in my opinion, he is the thesis of the show because he's the only one who, from point A to point B, has to make a complete 360 change by the end. He's definitely um, the most dynamic character yes. in the entire show. dynamic is a great word for it That's yes. that I was not finding. But for the at least for the first act and it's halfway through the set, like he takes a long time to get there, but he's... It's going to be fun to get into the skin, again, of who I used to be. Before we started recording this, we had had discussions already about social justice and the idea of consent uh, and the idea of um, sexual abuse, sexual... Um, using sex as a power tool, weapon, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, and, and this past year, obviously, as a mainstream, this past couple of years, but this past year in general... As a mainstream discussion, it's been so prevalent. I, instead of trying to just jump on the bandwagon of, yes, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that, decided to finally take a look back at my own past of what I used to do, or how I used to be. And Aziz Ansari is a good example now about this discussion of what is right and what is wrong and what we expect as a society. This whole play... Is built around the idea that these men expect sex, period. Right. Without any kind of like, they're, they're in charge and they expect sex. Um, Azeen Zanzari goes out on a date, and without having getting too far into this, because I don't know the political standings of everybody who's involved in produ- producing. And this, this is all <laughs> alleged stuff. This is all alleged let's, This let's is make all make it alleged very clear. stuff. It's all alleged. 100% all alleged stuff, and this is all my personal opinions on the matter. Sure. No, nobody else. His behavior, his alleged behavior, sounds to me like traditional well I I didn't force you to do anything I took you out to dinner I had we, we had a nice evening you approached me first so why am I in the wrong when I didn't necessarily stop after you made some body signals or a couple verbal cues for me to stop in the past I've been that guy I've been the guy who wouldn't pick up on the no signal and I would venture to say that, most men, even the ones who are avidly for the cause of equality and for the cause of creating this, this uh, sexual dynamic where we can be more respectful of each other and make sure that consent is a number one priority, they've all made the same mistake. And I calling it a mistake makes it seem like it's not as bad as it is. They've all intentionally turned a blind eye to being turned away. From sex or other things of that nature, it's a level of ignorance to it's bl- it's willfully it's, it's willfully willful ignorance ignorant. to what somebody else wants, right? And and, and the media for for years, uh, entertainment. I don't want to say media because that's not like the news has done this. Entertainment for years has perpetuated the idea like revenge of the nerds, uh, where. If you do X, Y, and Z, you will get that sex that you deserve.
0: It's very fascinating because I think Revenge of the Nerds is such like a cornerstone in nerd culture, and I think that like that movie's very problematic in so many levels. Oh yeah. Like he 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 the the main guy like either hypnotizes or like forces a woman into a sexual confrontation with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's very much shaped a lot of because I used to think the same way. I used to think that like Uh, if you do this, this, and this, then somebody will be with you, which was evidently, it's never the case. It's never going to be the case. Like, every single situation is its own thing and you can never go into any kind of romantic or physical encounter and expect something. Mm -hmm. It's just something that organically happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think you're totally right. I think this is a show that really explores that kind of parallel as well. And knowing you for, what, nine years now?
1: Wow, yes.
0: Yeah. I've easily seen, like, Your evolution from who you were the day we met to now. And you're a much more controlled
1: person now. And I'm very excited to see... I'm the second gen Pokemon evolution version of what used to be just a little Geodude punching away. I had a lot of nerdy thoughts right
0: now because you used Pokemon generations in the wrong term, but I'm or, or to Yeah, slide. honestly, dude,
1: Geodude never evolved into a second gen. Yes. Pokemon. Graveler
0: is a first gen Pokemon. And so
1: is Gollum. Yes. I'm, I'm so glad sorry. glad you know. It's for, okay. For, 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 uh, I,
0: I, that's beside the point. Going I think back on topic. This episode is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you're totally in the right mind space, and I'm really excited to see what you bring into the room. With that kind of knowledge on hand. Especially because Make is very much like... It's a lot of you in college. Not you today. Right. But knowing
1: you, I'm very fascinated to see what you get and what you gain out of this process. It's it's 100% the reason why I'm so... I mean, not 100%. I want to do this for many reasons. But it's the primary reason I'm so excited to get working on this particular project. Is to explore the old mindset and how it became the new mindset... From a weirdly outsider perspective, it's almost like taking uh, myself out of myself, taking a step back and looking at my own timeline. Mm -hmm. I feel like the way that I'm speaking right now reminds me of Jim Carrey speaking in the Jim and Andy documentary, where it's a little bit too pretentious, but that's okay. We're going with it. (laughs) Introspection is important. Great documentary. Watch Jim and Andy on Netflix. It's on my list. It's so good. Um, (laughs) That had been said. But yes, I you know, this this idea culturally that sex is a reward and that intimacy is the only way to feel validation, which now that might may have just taken us in a di- whole different term. ballpark, sure. ballpark, but that that would be another thing that if we're if we're analyzing what I'm going to hopefully bring to this role or what I'm going to explore in it, that is a very personal thing for me. Sex was validation. So yeah. if, I, if I didn't like myself and could convince somebody else to have sex with me, then surely, surely the that is some sort of validating of my own internal struggle of wherever I'm sitting looking in the mirror. Which, spoiler alert, not Let's... not reality. Yeah, not, oh, not, okay. I not, thought you were about to spoil the show. No, no, no. Spoiler alert for me, yeah. and for where we all, I think, are going as, as uh, cognizant beings, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, but that's where my brain was for years, and I'm sure that's where a lot of other people's brains, people who are not obviously... Um, Harvey Weinstein-style sexual predators, but are more along the lines of the Aziz Ansari allegations of, well, I did X, Y, and Z. Now I need this validation to prove to myself that I'm worth something in this world. There's plenty of guys who will also understand that mindset and need to remember that sex doesn't belong to you. It belongs to whoever's offering it to you. Yeah. And, and vice versa your own sex belongs to you not somebody else's your own body is I don't know where I'm, how, how to phrase the next part of this, of this You're but just I, th- I watch think people. you yeah. I think you understand where I'm going with this like consent is a two way street and this idea that you are owed something for being a decent human being has to be thrown out the window I couldn't agree with you being more. a decent human being should be the bare minimum at this point And wanting to be better shouldn't be in regards to getting something from somebody else. It should just be wanting to be better for your own personal um, merits. For your own personal... For the sake of looking in the mirror and validating yourself as opposed to needing somebody else's validation. I'm very excited to see what you bring (laughs) into the room with that kind of mindset. I feel like I've said so many circular thoughts right now. And now let's bring it back to a joke. Yeah, like...
0: (laughs) People suffered through 40 minutes of just us goofing around, and there's the three minutes of the good stuff, and now we right, can right. end things. Exactly. Uh, I'm so excited to work with you again. Same, dude. I
1: can't believe it's been... What was the last thing we did together? Three Penny? Sort of. And this is actually... I'm glad that, <laughs> that we're talking about this, because we've talked about it, that we've known each other for so long. Right. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. The last thing that we worked together on... Was the 24-hour play festival? That's right, and I th- that is something that we have to talk about. Oh man, we've already gone so long. I think <laughs> I'll just edit. have you back on the edit. show so <laughs> You can, <edit. laughs>
0: I love you. I love you uh, too, completely and totally. <laughs> I can't wait to get to work on the show with you. I can't wait to
1: see what you bring into the role. I can't wait I, to re-record this whole episode because you're going to go through it and be like, "I can't possibly edit any of this. This is the last.
0: Like, I'm not getting a renewal here. It just stopped." Wait. Uh, okay. No, it's still, it's, going. it's still going. It's still going. The pro- okay. we've gone so literally Odyssey just like a, started crashing on me. Let's call it
1: <laughs> before the whole thing before shows, the whole thing before goes the away. The Matrix topples in on itself
0: uh, Lissa Strada Jones plays this March and April at the Ophelia Theatre tickets are soon available for everything you want to know about the Ophelia
1: Theatre group go to opheliatheater.org. do you have a website? www.shawnwsmith.com if you want to know more about S-H-A-W-N, him S-H-A-W-N phonetics that's where you go uh, for Sean Smith and myself my name is Zach Rich and this
0: has been Ophelia Talks